I don't recommend if you're out on a race, just grabbing handfuls of like pretzels and cookies and they're always on the course, but like dry, like super on the course for you triathletes. You're not going to find this in road races for our our roadie folks. Yeah. They're not going to, at the feed zone, they're not going to be like (laughs) packets of saltines. (laughs) Yeah. Basically. the four saltines challenge. Try, try the saltine <laughs> challenge, and that's what it's like to try to eat eat pretzels in the middle of an Ironman. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of. <laughs> Coaches on couches. Bing slouches. We've had a little hiatus. <laughs> Surprised we even remember that. <laughs> Forgot how to kick this thing off. I know it. Yeah, between um, vacations and school starting and all that good stuff, uh, we had to take a little break. But mm-hmm. we're back. We're back. Back in action. And we're ready to attack. It's true. All right, so today we are going to be talking about snacks. Snacks, yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't love snacks? Calories. My question. Yeah, question that uh, you know, in dealing with some of the hydration testing and stuff, and kind of running through people's uh, issues that they've been having, um, and trying to help help them dial everything in. There's been quite a few folks, um, especially newer folks, that yeah. just aren't sure what they should be doing, just from a general nutrition standpoint. Yeah, we. I mean, I think we. We end up taking this topic for granted mm-hmm. because we've been doing it for so long. We generally just assume that people know they need to eat mm-hmm. <laughs> during like long training sessions mm-hmm. and races and stuff like that. Um, but you know, as we as we get more newer athletes, like you said, or we or we come in contact with newer athletes during sweat tests and bike fitting and stuff like that, we we quickly get reminded that it's not as well known as we previously no. thought. Um, so we'll make the show really, sh- uh, really short. You do have to eat. You do. Yeah. And we'll see you later. <laughs> but yeah, we'll get into the topic here in just a second. Uh, I am coach Dale Sanford. And I am coach Bryant Funston. We are the co-founders of BPC performance coaching, where we specialize in helping time crunched athletes optimize their busy schedules so they can maximize their athletic performance. Every BPC coach is trained in our five pillars coaching system that has been developed over the last 11 years through our work with athletes of all ages and ability levels from fresh off the couch to world championship competitors. You can find out more about BPC by going to buildpeakcompete.com, checking Facebook and YouTube at buildpeakcompete, and all up on that Instagram at BPC Performance. Yahtzee, we got a little uh, thunderstorm happening right now. Mm-hmm. So if everything totally shuts down, we'll catch you later. Uh, <laughs> but don't mind the rumbles. It's not the pain train. That is not uh, my stomach growling from yeah. lack of snacks. <laughs> All right, we'll get to the topic of today. But first, it's been a while. It's been a long time. <laughs> Shout out. Shout out. We actually had some people racing. We did. We uh, One of our local long-standing triathlon seventh annual i think it, it was 30 yes 30 something 35 maybe uh mighty might triathlon is actually my very first triathlon that i ever did uh and i almost died but 
uh, it went off. They had a they had a great plan, start to finish had a great plan for distancing everyone, and they mm-hmm. limited the field. And um, so it happened. And uh, yeah, our our athletes did really well. Philip Young first overall, Hart Robinson second overall. Um, we had Cliff Ailey's first age group, Walker Barrow first age group, um, and then we there was it was actually a we, a pretty good weekend of racing all across the board. Yeah. Um, we had Chris Watts go after Fall Creek Falls Olympic distance, and amidst the timing debacle, we finally figured out he was like sixth overall. There was a bunch of pros that showed up, and the people weren't sure who would the like which ones were pros and not, and blah mm. blah blah, and it screwed the timing. And, yeah, yeah. And they also the timing chips were like who looked most pro though. It's my question. Who looked pro? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, half the battle. Yeah. <laughs> The timing chips kept like jumping back and forth between the, um, or this is what they told everybody. Timing chips jump back and forth between the uh, uh, time zones because it's so close to the really change in time zone. So it kept screwing the, <laughs> screwing things up. Oh wow! Um, and then Johnny Pitts goes down to Buster Britain, which is also another like long-standing triathlon and a great name. <laughs> and uh, third age group for him. Uh, and pretty much first race of the year for most everyone. So I know it, right? That's <laughs> pretty, a crazy thing. Pretty good for uh, for the first race of the season. Everybody's ready to show out. Yeah, I know it. That, I, that's what you're finding, too. Also, shout out to uh, Tyler Kenyon, who went over um, third in the crit. He actually was off the front the last pretty much two laps. Uh, got caught going into the final corner. Mm. Still hung on for, uh, for third place. Got pipped at the line. Um, but he got himself enough points to upgrade to Cat 3. So Boom, nice work. next year just got a little bit harder uh, yeah. <laughs> for him. But, you know, you also, we were talking some about just how dynamics tend to change in road racing as you move up the categories. Yeah. Um, and how, you know, tactics tend to tend to play out a little bit more in those yeah. upper level races. Well, so, that and you got the distance jump. And the distance, yeah, exactly. Uh, as always. Yep. So um, he's, he's excited. I'm uh, excited for him. It was awesome. Yeah, awesome. One little last shout out to uh, our buddy Matt Legrand. Uh, uh, in uh, Washington, put out a uh, fairly humorous video yesterday uh, about how uh, Iron Man is handling this whole pandemic. It's pretty funny. So if you have a chance, go find Matt's page, like it, subscribe to his YouTube channel. He puts out a lot of good content, and I know Matt is a huge proponent of local racing. So uh, go check it out if you need a chuckle today. <laughs> <laughs> I know you said that. Big chance of cease and desist. I'm just might waiting be for yeah. I'm just waiting for the cease and desist letter to, to come. So Matt, if you if you check this out, let us know if you get that. <laughs> Keep us in the loop. Cool. All right. So today we are going to talk about. We're going to kind of we're going to try to keep it fairly um, general for a very individualized topic. Yeah. So really tough to do. But we're just gonna. We're, what we're trying to do is just give people starting points mm-hmm. and, and guides, and then from there you have to do the experimentation yourself. Mm-hmm. You got to play with the the types of foods, the the, the timing, and amounts. The amounts. Yep. Yeah. So you know, again, this is not hard. Uh, you know, a, a guide. This is just starting points, and then you can do the rest from there. Yep. We're talking about getting you to where you're hitting the dartboard versus trying yeah. to hit a bullseye. Yeah. Whereas what we're finding is, you know, some of you, if you've never heard any of this, you're probably just 
you got throwing to throw the dart the in the dark. Yeah, yeah you exactly. Got, you actually have to have the darts to throw. You got to find the darts. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's it, it it never you know, it's always amazing that like people like it doesn't make sense to people that we're we are outputting so much energy yeah. when we're training yeah. that it doesn't make sense to them that they have to put some energy back in. But you know, it is like I you know I'm sure when I first started. Mm -hmm. I barely oh, ate anything. I've, and, I've had many a mistake. And Bonk City. Like, oh, yeah. I remember several rides early on that I was just Bonk City on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if I'm sure if I think back, I'll pretty... Well, and it's really easy to attribute that to just lack of fitness, right? So if you're newer yeah. to the sport, you don't know what you don't know. You don't yeah. know that that can be fixed by proper nutrition or proper pacing or, yeah. or whatever it may be. Um, you just assume like, oh man, that was a long ways and I felt horrible. I guess that's how it's supposed to go. And by the way, a lot of this information that we're going to put out there is uh, basically regurgitated from a conversation we had on Wednesday with Coach Casey, who's our our uh, dietitian on, on staff. And, uh, you know, we are by no means pros at this whole nutrition thing. We've just been doing it a really long time uh, and experimented with a lot of people's nutrition. Mm -hmm. Um and even when we, when I said, Hey, Casey, can we like come up with some basic guidelines? And she was like, uh, <laughs> it has, it's like, a very complex topic. Yeah, so trying to get basic with it is yeah. again, like starting point. You may be above, you may be below. It may change over time. Yeah. There's a lot of external factors that, that impact as well. We'll just so. start by saying, yes, you have to eat and drink. Mm-hmm. And who doesn't uh, like snacks? I mean, I'm I love the opportunity to eat some snacks. Absolutely. I mean, all day, every day. All day. It's guilt-free snacking. I'm hungry right now. I know it. Let's get through this. <laughs> Go eat some so, snacks. Um, you know, we'll kind of break it into like even day before and yep. then right before, you know, the morning of uh, a long training session or a longer race. Um because in the reason we can break it into long training session and longer race is because you should be practicing at race intensity. Mm -hmm. You need to be, you know, using the same foods. You're basically creating a regimen that you will repeat. It's the rehearsal. Yes. Yep. Over and over. And it's like running shoes and saddles. Once you figure it out, do not deviate, mm -hmm. uh, you know, unless something goes wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, so day before. Day before, so let's talk about really quick mistakes. Most people, most beginners are gonna are gonna make is carbo loading, like the thought that okay, tomorrow is my peak race. I did it before my first race. I was like, I have a hard day coming up. I need to get as many calories in as I can today, and I need a bunch of those to be carbohydrates so that I'm topped off for tomorrow and I'm ready to rock. Not knowing that you can actually fuel during the event as well to help you know, prevent issues. Yeah. And what you end up doing there is uh, loading your stomach up. You know, most people do it later at night. Now you're sleeping horrible. You wake up the next morning with your gut like brick, like a brick. Yeah. And uh, so all we want you to do, yeah, you may want to bump up the number of carbs you have uh, in your, in your meal, but you don't need to go crazy with the number of, of like calories you're putting in. You don't need seconds and thirds and fourths um, eat a normal, a normal meal, a normal sized meal. Yep. Um, and maybe just make that a little more rich in carbohydrates. Um, but for most folks going into a key event, um, you know, you're going to be tapering some anyway. 
So just your lack of uh, higher intensity exercise, you're going to be boosting those carb stores in your yeah, body, that glycogen store. Yeah, they'll be higher than, yep. than normal. But if you're going into a regular training weekend, you've been doing a big training block, then you know that's kind of a different situation. Yeah. Um, so just make sure you're eating a normal meal, get some carbs in there, and you should be. And we're good. not going to go too deep into hydration on this episode because we talked it through mm-hmm. on several other episodes. So if you're if you're thinking about hydration, you know, wondering about hydration before and during, uh, and even after check out some of the other episodes because there's one for each, you know, yeah. we've gone through it it's, yeah. and we've gone through it with the gurus yep. of hydration. So, um, go check those out. But basic is yeah. <laughs> the basic premise is yes, you have to drink fluids and most of them need to have electrolytes in them. Mm-hmm. If you are sweating, mm-hmm. you need electrolytes. Um, and again, the big the big three on electrolytes: sodium, potassium, magnesium, and calcium. Yeah. Um, but you know, number one, sodium. Yep, it's king, man. Mm-hmm. Um, y- y- like we you know, even doing hydration tests, we find out that later on, people are still doing the vast majority of their training with just water. Yeah, after we've already told them, like you need to have. This is what's going out. This is what mm-hmm. putting this in is going to keep your performance at highest level, yep. and they still do water. Um, so if you are like literally, if it's hot and you're sweating, you're you are losing electrolyte. Mm-hmm. You need to put it back in. And if you are on a not, low sodium diet, you're not getting that back at the rate right. you should be. And if not for the performance of that one training session, you're considering the performance of the next one. Mm-hmm. And the performance of you the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Like, so go and deplete yourself in the morning with a hot hour or 90 minute ride and just drink water. And you're going to be like, you know, you could be just off it the rest of the day. Yeah. And then you're probably starting the next training session, you know, yeah. under hydrated. Yeah. So that's all I'm going to say about it. Yes, you need electrolytes. You need just go yeah, watch. Don't just chug. So, mistake most beginners make is you say, okay, just like the carbo lighting or carbo loading um, example. I've got a big event, I got a big training ride, big training run. I need to get topped off on fluids, and so I'm going to drink a gallon and a half or two gallons of water today. Yeah. Not what we want you to do. Yeah. Gotta have electrolytes in there, and you don't need two gallons of fluids. No. No. Especially if it's a rest day. So let's jump, let's jump into like the morning of a long training session or a race. Um, and I feel this is more important than the previous night. Like Absolutely. morning of, I think is you're setting yourself up for success or failure with what you do prior to even leaving yes. the door. The number of people that we talk to that say that they either get up and go and don't eat anything or they get up and they're like, well, I ate a packet of oatmeal mm-hmm. and I left. Ah, yeah. Ah, like, mm-hmm. so Singular. What, 120 calories before yeah. you went out on a three plus hour ride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not going to sustain you at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, so like the morning has to be like, it has to be a decent amount, especially if you're like a sensitive stomach person, Mm -hmm. uh, you have to be able to take the time, eat, do whatever you got to do and go out the door, but be topped up so that you will, you don't have to eat quite as much during, uh, to stay, you know, at, at a high level of performance. Uh, you know, in triathlon sense, I always explain it like 
your morning meal basically sustains you through the swim. So if you're doing an Ironman and you're at a whatever, I mean, two hour, like you could be two hour swim. I mean, it could be a, you know, hour, it could be an hour, it could be an hour and a half, but you're going that long without eating mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. And you're also, you, there was also probably a 30, 30 minute to an hour prior to you getting in the water where yeah. you didn't eat anything. So now you've gone two hours without fuel. Mm-hmm. By the time you get to, or two plus hours, by the time you get to T1. And most people then don't start eating until they get on the bike and get settled in when their, you know, their heart rate kind of settles. That's maybe another 15, 20. Yeah. So now you're like two plus hours, mm-hmm. which is usually about the time where glycogen is denso. Can be depleted. Yep. So, uh, we have to like make sure that we're we are fueling for the next thing yep. not necessarily to stay like topped up just for that one mm-hmm. session or that one leg like the morning fuels the swim uh the bike fuels the run and whatever you can eat on the run keeps you alive yep keeps you going like <laughs> keeps those legs turning over i mean yeah so you and and it's the same premise like if you're if you're on a uh, like a, a morning session, you're doing like a 90 minute session. You may not need fuel for that 90 minute session, but you need fuel for the next session you're going to do either at lunch or in the evening. So like you're fueling for the next session. Yeah. Your, your lunch and whatnot can like get you there, mm-hmm. but it also starts the recovery process faster. Mm-hmm. You're topped up. So just think of it that way. You are fueling for the next thing. You're not necessarily fueling for what you're about to do. Yeah. And you're trying to minimize the depletion your body's going through. Right. You know, you're trying to stay as topped off as you can throughout. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of your goal is to not get severely depleted. Like the longer you can delay that, the better you're going to do. Yes. And I think an important thing to note here is what's the intensity going to be? Like if you're going out for, if I'm going out for a three hour cruise like endurance style temps aren't hot like do i need to eat a massive meal beforehand no like i'm fine with the fueling i do on the ride now i generally still eat beforehand but do i need to do that no i can i can get by just fine on the food i'm going to eat during um and possibly depending on where fitness levels are at you know i can get through a three-hour ride if it's cooler with you know without any food if i needed to Um, so you need to be now granted, I've been at the sport for a long time now, so I'm not saying, you know, if we're talking more to beginners, I'm not saying go out and do a three hour ride with no food, no breakfast, (laughs) but be thinking. And and as you start dialing this in, you got to be thinking and and putting context around what is coming up. What are the intensity levels going to be? How long is it going to be? How hot is it going to be? How much at risk? So all those are like factors now at how, how at risk you're going to be of really depleting your system, your energy stores. The hotter, the hotter it is, the higher the intensity, the, the greater the stress, the longer you're out there, that's a high risk situation. Now you got to be very diligent about what you're doing beforehand to make sure you're, you're going to perform well through that whole yeah. thing. All right. So let's talk real quick about like the, we kind of got into timing, you know, one, well, one of the things that makes nutrition so complex is that it's not only, there's a that the idea of nutrition periodization like Mm -hmm. where you know during easier phases you can go out and do 
yeah. longer with less. Yeah. But, you know, we're talking like if you're a beginner, that's not even in your wheelhouse yet. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're just doing, you know, you may be just doing base training, but your body is not adapted to necessarily yeah. using, uh, let's say more fat as fuel. And so you're still going to need calories yeah. down the road. You know, if you go through an entire like base phase where you're riding pretty easy, yeah, you could probably, you know, start that, um, uh, metabolic efficiency, so to speak. And, uh, you know, become better at yeah. eating less for longer. Yeah. Um, but you still need something. So let's talk about morning of timing. So realistically, and it's you think of like you said, the longer you're going, the more the more demand it's gonna be on the body, the more important it is for you to get in more the morning of. Yep. And so we get people who are all constantly saying like, I can't get up early enough to like go and eat and use the bathroom and well, on race day, you're going to be doing it. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, the, the fact that, um, that, you know, the thing that, that coach Casey was talking about on Wednesday was, you know, basically if you're one of those people that gets up and is like an hour or before and then heads out the door or whatever, you're probably best suited to focus on like more liquid calories like smoothies and stuff like that because it's already basically digested and it's, the breakdown has happened yeah, yeah it's already it's it's going to go to you quicker mm-hmm. um and then the farther you you can get up you know out of that or i, I would even put in there like the easier it's going to be for the first maybe hour yeah uh you can eat more something similar to a normal meal yeah um, as far as like calories, because we everybody wants numbers. Uh, as far as calories for the morning before, um, if so, the the stat that we put out is if you if you're getting up an hour before, uh, you're you sh- probably somewhere around a gram of carbs per kilogram of body weight, and we're focusing on carbs here. You can have some protein and some fat. But the other with fat and protein, the closer to your start, the more you're going to want to avoid that. Yeah. The farther away, the more that you can, you know, those things digest That's slower. Exactly. You A can slower burning fuel is. Yeah, you it, can have those things more so if you're getting up way before. Yeah. Uh, so hour before one gram of carbs. Two hours before, two grams of carbs per kilo of body weight. So you you can do your not little, pound. You can ask Siri. Divide <laughs> divide by two point two on yeah. your yeah. Ask Siri what uh, you weigh in kilos. Yes. Uh, or if you're like like most of the world, you probably know. You already know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, three, uh, I mean, in in Spain and Brazil, they already know this, Dale. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so three hours before three grams, and four hours before it's up to four. And if you do the math, that's a that's a ton of calories. I actually did the math earlier. Yeah. Uh, not to give my weight away or anything here. I know I look so svelte, but that's like there's four calories per gram. Uh, you know, carbohydrates yeah. have four calories per gram. I f- at four at four uh, grams per kilo. I was at like twelve hundred and something calories. It's a big old meal. That's a that's a good one. Uh huh. It's tough to get that from my, a salad. That I was gonna say you. That's gonna need a lot of nuts on that salad. Gonna, I mean, <laughs> but, but that's. How many carbs in that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a lot of, not a lot of carbs and nuts, but you're gonna get the cows. Yep. You have to eat it four hours before then. Long time before. 
Yeah. So, so as general numbers, so kind of play with that. Like, and then I started playing with it even more. And, you know, usually I'm like two hours before and I started looking at it and that actually is about where I'm at. You know, I do a big thing of oatmeal. Yeah. Um, I put some peanut butter in there typically just for extra oh, yes. calories, slower burning, um, a little more substance. And, you know, most of my meals are, I'm probably at 800 calories. Yeah. Sometimes more. Yeah. Um, depending on the length of the uh, event that's coming up. But I mean, I'm putting in a pretty decent sized meal right. in and, the morning. And always consider that you can like, this can, if you get up in that four hour range, you have time to do the big meal mm-hmm. and then digest, use the bathroom. And then, you you know, an hour before, now you can do something more liquid or, or mm-hmm. goo or whatever, semi-solid and top it up again. So yeah. you're really getting like, if you did an eight and a two, you know, you're, you're still getting a thousand calories yeah. before the, the event starts. Yeah. You should be topped up. Mm-hmm. And you've had you've run less risk of having yep. stomach problems and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. personally, like before a long, I mean, even before a like like uh, going to nationals or something like that, like it's one of those big events where you have to get up way early. Yeah. So I'm up four hours before the start, and I eat, and I probably eat, you know, even before a, an Olympic distance event, I'm probably taking in 600 calories prior to starting. Mm-hmm. And then for an for like a half or a full Ironman, like very much getting up and and eating a normal breakfast and getting in probably close to a thousand calories before I leave yeah. to to the, walk down there. Yeah, and then another hundred to two hundred before the event starts. And that's a that's a big tip too. Like you you're it's not like a hard stop, right? You're not finishing your your early meal and it's a hard stop. Now I'm going to wait till the start of the event or the ride or the training session or whatever it may be to start fueling again. No, this is like, you can continue to eat along the way if you need it. Or if you're someone who didn't get up early enough, you know, it doesn't mean at one hour you stop eating, you know, start thinking and transitioning towards, okay, what am I going to be fueling with during my event training session, whatever it is, and start incorporating that into almost a, you know, a pre, a preload, so to speak, um, to make sure you're still, getting energy in prior to start and just space it out. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can, you can break it up yeah. uh, into small chunks before, before the event, yep. but you're going to do so much better if you just get it in. Yep. For sure. All right. So, um, let's talk like just real quick, quick example of what you eat in the morning. Yeah. My big one is what, what I was just mentioning. The oatmeal is kind of my go-to. Yeah. I use berries in there. Um, yep. you know, you get extra sugars and stuff from that. The peanut butter usually goes in, yep. um, just for that, the extra calories and that slower burning fuel. And then, you know, that's, that's typically my go-to. Yeah. If it's a race day, then it's usually going to be a longer duration from when I finish eating to when the start is. So I usually have like my Lara bars is what I usually go yep. with on that in between. Um, and I'm just nibbling on that. It's not like I'm Oh, it's been an hour. Yeah. Smash a whole bar kind of thing. Uh, I'm just kind of nibbling on stuff to keep, and I'm sipping on on electrolyte filled fluids to yeah. to keep topped off uh, going into it. I am definitely very similar. Oatmeal usually. Yeah. I don't. I rarely eat breakfast without peanut butter. <laughs> we go through peanut butter like it's, yeah. uh-huh. uh, you know, anything. But if I if I don't have oatmeal, it's usually like a bagel with yeah. peanut butter. Yeah. Uh, you know, bananas, types of fruit, yep. easy digesting fruit, uh, stuff like that. So, um, pretty stick. I stick eggs, to stuff, rice, like that's yeah. stuff that's stuff popular that for some. Digests super easy, mm-hmm. and it like sits well with 
you know, 99% of, of people, you know, yep. their stomach. So, and just a really quick insert. Don't try something new <laughs> on race day. See things we take for granted. Yes. Like, don't try like, Oh, uh, they said s- smoothie and I'm going to go with the super green high fiber smoothie. <laughs> like don't do that on race day. Like a goal day. Don't, don't you gotta deviate. practice this stuff. Do you go through dress rehearsals so that you know what to do when the big show arrives? Yep. All right, so we are... We made it past our morning meal. Yeah, we're up, the gun's gone. So now we're topped Pow-pow. off, and we don't need to eat again because we ate so well beforehand. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we'll just do the rest of it without food. Just burn and turn from there. Yes. Not really. So the gun, the gun's off. We're, we're rolling. Um, you know, like I already said, if you're if in the case of triathlon, however long you're swimming, that's how long you're going to go. And that's so that's a conversation I was having with a person that was that that was, did the sweat test. Was something you need to think about is if you're doing long course, there's a long gap between. And this person wasn't you know eating leading up to. She did very little food beforehand. So I'm like, okay, you you slept fasted state essentially when you wake up, ate very little. Now you've got not only the time leading up to your race, but also getting through an hour long or hour and a half long swim. So like you're in a massive deficit already. You, you can't actually make that up. I mean, most people's stomach can't tolerate enough calories on their gut to make up that deficit. Yeah. So continue. Uh, so basically you need to be you need to be fueling from the start so as soon as you can take in fuel mm-hmm. uh you need to uh so like in the case of a long course triathlon or something like that as soon as you get out of the water like as soon as you get on your bike start to consume food mm-hmm. like start to consume calories uh and generally speaking you the way that i usually coach people to do is like you start mostly with your solids and then you start to transition more to the denser calories, the solids, and then you transition more towards your semi-solids and, and whatever liquid calories uh, you might have mm-hmm. further down the road yeah, uh, toward, the, toward the end of the simple, bike. Simple stuff, yeah. Um, but like as far as it, like numbers, everyone wants numbers, we'll give you some numbers. Numbers. Uh, so, you know, we were talking before about like we get a lot of – like how much should I drink? <laughs> well, that's uh, highly dependent on how much sweat, you sweat. Right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the easiest thing to say for the people who don't know otherwise mm-hmm. is to try to consume one bottle an hour. Pretty safe. Yeah, pretty pretty safe there. That bottle should usually contain electrolytes. Highly encourage it unless super easy day with no important stuff coming up. Right. If you're like Brian or myself, that bottle will be 33 ounces. <laughs> Big bottles. Uh, if you're, if you're, uh, you know, if you have regular sized bottles, it's probably 20, 24 ounces. Mm-hmm. Um, but those who sweat more need more fluids. Yeah, not all bottles are created equal. Absolutely not. So, um, so as far as calorie numbers, um, again, super general. <laughs> yes. Super generalized here. Uh, there, there's obviously uh, considerations for intensity gender uh what your gut can handle what, yeah i mean you know you've basically how much you're able to process yeah, yeah how hot it is like environmental factors play a big role how high, high your heart rate essentially is 
is yeah. plays a massive role. So, uh, the 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 rule we've kind of come up with is kind of 30, 60, 90. If you are, you know, if you're newer to endurance sports, you'll probably be on the 30, 30 grams of carbs per hour. Uh, you know, that's kind of a starting point. So 30 grams of carbs per hour on the bike. Um, and then if you are kind of like a, in that like moderate level or like longer duration, moderate to high intensity, uh, you might be on that 60 grams of carbs per hour. Mm -hmm. if, if you're, you're thinking calories, just multiply by four. Yeah. If you're, do, if you're doing like ultra events or like really long, really long events, uh, you may be in that 90 grams of carbs per hour. And that's a significant amount of yeah. calorie. 360 cows. That's just carb cows. So, yeah. you know, you can easily be 400, 450, 500 calories, depending on what you're eating. Mm -hmm. Um, but obviously carbohydrates is the main thing that we're going to focus on. Yeah. Um, given it's our biggest source of or our fastest source of energy, not our biggest, obviously mm -hmm. fat is the biggest source. Um, so 30, 60, 90, please don't go out and say, they said 90 more is better. I'm going to try to get in 90. Oh yeah. Don't start at the top. No. If you're new to this, start at the bottom. Yes. Lower end. And then see how your stomach handles that. Yep. See how much energy you feel like you have at the end of long sessions or mm -hmm. long races. Then you can go to go to sixty. Mm -hmm. Give sixty a shot. Uh, you know that is double. So you, you know that's a big jump still. Yes. So you could even try forty or fifty. <laughs> exactly. You know don't you don't have to make full jumps. These are no. just you know generalize. Basically, we have a thirty and a ninety. Thirty is kind of the starting point. Ninety is the max. And for most people, um, yeah. Yeah, you probably won't find a lot of people knocking out 90. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I usually... You gotta train that gut. I usually train... I'll train probably closer to the, like, 40 to 50 grams. Mm -hmm. And then getting toward the end of a block, I'm gonna try... To, I'm gonna train my gut, basically, mm -hmm. to handle more. So, mm -hmm. I'll probably max out... I'll probably max out in, like, the 80 gram for a long course yeah. event. Because yep. the intensity is not real, not super mm -hmm. high, and mm -hmm. uh, I usually have an iron stomach, so that's key. Uh, yep, usually not a problem. Which is also the same for hydration. You know, it's what can your body actually process and uptake without getting GI issues. So you're experimenting with what's going to be the optimal blend of not having gastrointestinal issues, having gut rot happening on you. Love gut and rot, pause not. maintaining performance and maintaining energy stores as topped up as you can. You know, there's like this, it's like that supply and demand curve, right? Eventually, you're going to find that sweet spot and that's what you're trying to hit. And and what you handle is not the same as what your, your best buddy handles. So yep. um, play around with that curve and, and figure out where you need to be because your race will probably get ruined faster i don't want to misspeak here but when you start having gi issues that tends to be a pretty big race ender for a lot of folks gi issues run out of glycogen yeah i was gonna say dehydrated like, yep the three things that kill races yep. fitness is rarely mm -hmm. the issue yeah your body's inability to go further yeah rarely the issue yep it's the fact that you've run out of electrolytes uh calories 
or your stomach did not appreciate what you just put in it. You're just portageon in it the whole way there. <laughs> Can't say I've never been there. Can't say. Okay. All right. So, so realistically, you know, we got 30, 60, 90 kind of starting points. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not starting point. Those are the guides. Yeah. 30 is the starting point. Um, basically, you've got your choices are liquids, solids, and semi-solids. Mm-hmm. Um, our take personally, this is not for everyone. Uh, our take on liquids is that you separate, for the most part, liquid and electrolytes so or mm-hmm. sorry calories and electrolytes yep. in your f- fluids yep. so we don't put calories necessarily in our fluids reason being as people who need a lot of fluid and a lot of electrolytes you can't physically take in the amount of electrolyte and fluid you need without getting in way more calories than you probably need and let's rewind back to gut rot yes, yes. and if you want gut rot in a hurry slam down three liters of uh of you know, some sort of mix with, with 500 three calories, 500 calories <laughs> yeah. per bottle yeah, and you will get gut rot. Now that, that said, if you're someone who has a low sweat rate and yep. you may be totally fine with getting your calories from, from liquids. Yep. Possible. We cannot. Yeah. That, that's just, that's just like for us, it's the safest bet yep. for most people because it, again, it allows you to, to separate the two and get more of one if you don't need it, like yeah. if you don't need the other. Yeah. Um, so again, people with lower sweat rates, lower sweat sodium concentrations, and not so sensitive stomachs can do cal- liquid calories all day long. All day. Yeah. Um, so solids, basically, you know, most people stick with, you know, solid foods being like bananas or, you know, for easy digestible fruits and stuff like that. I don't recommend if you're out on a race, just grabbing handfuls of like pretzels and cookies and yeah. they're always on the course, but that like dry, like super on the course for you triathletes. You're not going to find this in road races for, yeah, our, yeah, for yeah, a, road, yeah, a roadie folks. Yeah. They're not going to at the feed zone. They're not going to be like <laughs> packets of saltines. <laughs> yeah. Basically the, the four saltines challenge, try, try the saltine <laughs> challenge. And that's what it's like to try to eat eat pretzels in the middle of an Ironman. Like, it's, yeah. So I don't recommend it. You're just blowing dust everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So solid foods, you know, the the big ones, bars mm-hmm. are, are big. I'm a huge, I'm huge up on Stroop waffles and Stinger waffles and stuff like that. It's pretty much all I eat solid-wise mm-hmm. uh, during a race just because I've had so, so much luck, like yep. not having stomach problems with it. Um, what are some other... Solids. Yeah, I, I, I mean, generally go with like Lara bars, yeah. um, but again, intensity is kind of intensity and yeah. duration is the big thing. So if it's going to be a super hard race, I got to go a little more on the simple side of things, right. where I, I digest it faster. It's not sitting as heavy. I mean, some people on my like on the simple end. You know, I would say as far as like solid foods, it's very hard to find a solid food that is is on that like simple like really easily digestible, simple side, immediate energy kind of thing, you know, aside from like bananas, Mm -hmm. but they don't pack a lot of punch. There's not a lot of calorie to them. So, you know, you just end up having to eat a bunch of them. Yeah. Your calories relative to size. I mean, you're looking at a hundred calories for a normal size banana that's taking up a lot of space and weight and, you know, it's weight weenies. We we got to consider that. 
I've, I've eaten many bananas. And... Dale's nickname <laughs> amongst some in uh, Louisiana is Hot Banana. That was... Uh... <laughs> I actually forgot it's I had a long that story, Dale. We don't have time for that story. Yeah. That actually got brought up on Wednesday, too. Good. <laughs> it should have been. Uh, so, you know, solid foods, you just have to be careful about, like, uh, intensity. And mm -hmm. especially if you're, you know, the other thing we brought up a lot was um, solid foods, prepackaged foods, you may not be comfortable. Like, some people are not comfortable, like, unpackaging those yeah. things or getting them out of your pocket or your bag or your snack pack on yep. your top tube or whatever. Yep. Like you may not be comfortable with that yet. Something you need to practice. Yeah. But pre and pre-open. Yeah, pre-open all can. that stuff. But don't pre-open your gels. Do not pre-open your gels <laughs> and just have those squeezing all over your your back. Yeah, not good. Um, but that kind of goes into the semi-solid category, which is probably the most popular. You know, for like universal racing and training, uh, and that's your goose and yeah, those I mean, gels. Yeah, goose gels blocks like. I'm not a huge fan of blocks because I feel like I'm going to like choke on them. They take a lot of work. You're supposed to chew them, Dale. Yeah, I know. But it, they take a lot of chewing. Like this is a this is a big pill I'm trying to swallow here. Yeah, they take a lot of chewing. I'm not a huge mm -hmm. fan. Mm -hmm. um, but those things do provide a pretty good calorie, you know, for the size uh, yeah. factor. And yeah. they're mostly carbs. Yep. And they have electrolytes. Yep. Um, I don't normally use them outside of like the later stages of a training block and into racing i i prefer to keep solid foods you know like in normal training but yeah um yeah experiment as you get closer to your event with the simple stuff you yeah. see and i usually transition over the course of a day like i will transition into more simple stuff yeah so if i'm not doing gels at the start but i can do gels when i know there's an hour left um, but if I'm doing gels the whole time I, and, and getting the calories I need, I mean, I need, I would need like three gels an hour. Yeah. It, or more. Yeah. I mean, look and at I mean, the, that's a lot of, if you're looking at, that's where I get gut rot. And I'm like, yeah. What's mostly like, you know, most gels fall into that like 25 to 30 gram of carb. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. Well, I guess even a little bit less, right? 100 calories or 100 so. To yeah, 125. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's mostly carbohydrate. Yeah. So, it, they're somewhere yeah, somewhere in that, so that's that's kind of a starting point for mm -hmm. a lot of people trying to get in one gel an hour. You know, to me that sounds like not enough, mm -hmm. like to sustain a, a long, harder yeah. uh, race effort or whatever. But yeah, um, it's a good starting point. Yep. If you're eating something, it's better than eating nothing. Exactly. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, so there's that thirty, sixty, ninety. Um, you know, three different types basically of food. Um, and you can do a combo of those. So you don't of have course. to just be in one camp. You can be, you can like liquid and solids. Yeah. Just saying. I usually, you know, personally go, you know, obviously solid food for breakfast. And then when you get, when I get on the bike, I stick to solids till about the last third maybe of the bike and then i go mostly gels to that point and then when i get on the run it is the occasional gel and like that's that's when i go to like like sugar whatever sugary thing they have mm. on course you know just in limited quantities so i don't get gut rot but yeah. you know that i you know the the flat sometimes it's flat coke or, mm -hmm. or soda or red bull or whatever they have out there at that point it's 
you know. Yeah, what tastes what tastes good to you? What sounds good? Again, right? I have a pretty iron stomach yeah. for most of the time, uh-huh. um, and I've tried all these things before. Yeah. Um, but I just prefer because I have such a hard time. Like, I can get gels down running at a moderate pace, but uh, if it's like super hot and stuff like that, gels just start. To, and you've had already had like ten of them. Yeah. Like gels just get. Totally, I just don't want to have another mm-hmm. one of them. And that's something to be prepared for, too. Like, rarely, you know, for an iron course person, someone going long, or like when I did the 24-hour ride, like, you're going into an unknown. Yeah, Brian started with bean burritos. No, I got bean burritos <laughs> oh, at like right. <laughs> 2 a.m., and it was my savior. I was like, <laughs> yes! You don't realize how, like, actual normal food like how much you start craving that too yeah so i had a whole mix of stuff not sure what was going to sound good and kind of figuring that i was going to go through waves of what sounded good but i was doing uncrustables and those burritos saved me uh i had nutter butters i had i had pickles like i had all kinds of just weird stuff um to fuel me for you know 24 hours that's you could, but you just have to consider like that was a very pretty easy intensity for exactly. a long, long duration. Exactly. So my heart rate was so, not. So you pegged. can digest that mm-hmm. stuff, and yep. you know that's the same thing with like ultra marathon uh, runners generally can eat mm-hmm. uh, really like pizzas solid food. And, yeah, mean, yeah, eat solid food generally almost the whole time. Yeah. Um, because it's a it's it's a rather low intensity compared to like you know uh, exactly even a marathon like yeah uh, yeah. yeah. So we could really go down a, a rabbit hole here, but that's where you long, long, super long stuff. You can, when intensity is lower, you can, can get away with and actually need yeah. protein and yep. fats in your, yep. in your fuel. But that's a whole nother story. Yeah. We won't get there. I, I will say that for those of you who, you know, um, presently have like sensitive stomach or, um, you know, stuff like that. You like I've I've heard so many people say that I just can't eat when I'm working out or I can't eat that much. Mm-hmm. Your gut can be trained mm-hmm. like anything else. You know, just start eating uh, the dollar menu at Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, during your workouts. During yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, but like you can you can very well. St- it just has to be progressed. Mm-hmm. Wherever you're at now, add a little bit more the next time. Yep. At a little bit more, you know, week every week, mm-hmm. and your gut will learn to digest mm-hmm. more. Uh, now, if it's a if it's something that you are food sensitive to, well, you can't can't really go around that. But if we're mm-hmm. talking just like calorie consumption, like yep. volume, yeah, yeah, like you can physically teach your body to tolerate more food. Yeah. I mean, and if you need it, your body will accept it with open arms. Mm-hmm. So, which like. Speaking to that point, I, I mentioned Encrustables. For those that don't have kids, you probably don't know what those are. But it's the prepackaged PB&Js. I, I did those totally fine and can do those totally fine until intensity goes up. And then peanut butter starts getting burped up oh, for yeah. me. Like I cannot handle, in most situations, yep. all about some peanut butter. But I cannot handle it. Like it'll immediately turn my stomach if yeah. intensity is, you know, if I'm starting to work like, even upper zone three and up, like, not happening. One of the worst rides I've ever felt on, I, like, I was in a hurry and ate, like, a massive thing of trail mix. 
Ooh. And then just went out on the ride and put them fats in. And it was just all fat and protein. Mm-hmm. And I just felt terrible the yeah. whole time. Like my body was like, you know what? I got work to do down here. You're not, the legs aren't <laughs> getting any of this. I'm not sending that blood away from this stomach. No. Nope. It was bad. All right. <laughs> Let's keep it going. <laughs> all right. So, um, again, we're not going to go too, um, go too far into hydration and mm-hmm. stuff during. Basically, if you sweat more, you need to drink more. Yep. If you have salty sweat, you need more electrolytes. It's pretty simple. Go, you know, there's two or three other episodes you can go check out. Yeah. Um, I would say minimum, like for the lowest person we've tested has been like three, what, three fifty milligrams per liter. Yeah. I mean, you need to be there or probably above that. Most people are totally safe. Five hundred milligrams. Average number we've had. A little over, like just under a thousand milligrams yeah. per liter. So, yeah. Just to give you some some figures yeah. there. If you're drinking nothing but water or or even Gatorade off the shelf stuff, um, our average is double double. Yeah. Gatorade. What, what Gatorade is giving you. Yeah. Uh, so. So you need that in there. Food for thought. Yes. You got um, a good analogy for it too, but we don't have to get into it right now. <laughs> It's a it's a saltwater aquarium, Dale. Yeah. So, uh, you know, again, this is all stuff that you need to play with, experiment with, and basically get the starting points. Start there, and then you know, basically, you have to ask yourself at the end of a ride, how did you feel, or at the end of a run, or at the end of a workout, like how do you, how are you feeling when you finish? Mm-hmm. Um, like. You like try not to blame fitness unless you know you rode or or worked out longer, harder than you have previously. Mm-hmm. Then you can say, "Oh well, I went longer and harder, so that's probably what it was. That's why I feel like junk right now." That, yeah. But if you're doing a like a like a something that's familiar to you and you feel like junk, then we need to reassess. What, how much did I take in? What did I eat before? Mm-hmm. Like, did I not eat enough? And then let's just change something. Yeah. We'll just go up from there. Yeah. Like it's, there still has to be experimentation until you nail it to the point where you finish, uh, you finish feeling pretty good, like with energy. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're sore and stuff like that, that's part of the game. Yeah. But you know, if you're finishing hungry and you have zero energy and you're just super fatigued, mm-hmm. you probably underdid it either hydration or nutrition mm-hmm. somehow, some way. Yep. So change something the next time and write it down. Like write this stuff down. Yeah. You know, sweat rate test, super easy, like way beforehand, way after. If you want to get really, you know, dialed in on it, you know, way or keep track of how much you've consumed, but just having a ballpark is valuable. You know, we're talking about First off, finding your darts, which hopefully you've done today. Yeah. Second off, we're going to try to hit the dartboard. And then after that, we're going to get dialed to where you're much closer to the bullseye. But, you know, our goal here is to get you to at least throw in the right direction. Yeah. Um, and you're <laughs> going to start feeling feeling a whole lot better. Take the blindfold off. Take the blindfold off. Or uh, don't be like my mom back in the day with lawn darts. Remember lawn darts? Oh, yeah. The most dangerous game ever. Oh, my gosh. She could clear a side. <laughs> and it was the side that was not near where she was aiming. <laughs> we definitely had lawn darts. Imagine this. Give us a like if you if you too played with lawn darts. Imagine this. Four <laughs> kids under mm-hmm. the age of 12 mm-hmm. alone. All boys. All boys. 
playing lawn darts. <laughs> we were just launching them to see where we could get them. It was probably turned into do a dodgeball instead of <laughs> dodge darts instead yeah. of lawn darts. Yeah, that's for another day. Uh -huh. All right, so very last thing here is going into what do you do afterwards? So what what I typically tell people is, well, some of, you need to think about how well did I do during my training session you've already race, done your assessment yes how how, how did i feel? how did i feel um was i way behind did i weigh a lot less afterwards was i eight pounds lighter full which body i've cramps, seen before maybe? yeah do i have full body cramps so you've done this assessment and you're like okay well i'm six pounds down i know i need to definitely rehydrate um i need to post load with some electrolytes if i've been cramping or you know light migraines or feeling really depleted um but you also got to be thinking about you know how soon your next training session is becomes very important with what you do afterwards. If it's, you know, three days off, you're gonna have time to get your stores back up to where they need to be. Yep. Um, if you've got a, a training session that's coming up sooner or like with road racing, you typically have morning event, evening event, um, that's where it becomes really important to get in as quickly as you can, you know, within that, that, um, that glycogen window where you're wanting to uptake all the stuff that you lost. So, you know, the, the current thing is two to three grams carbs per one gram protein. Um, and making that your initial. So maybe it's a protein shake. Um, you know, chocolate milk has gotten the, love has milk. gotten the thumbs up just because it falls into that, you know, two to three to one range. Um, but then we encourage people as, as quickly as possible afterwards if you haven't gone in a massive hole, like eating a good balanced yeah. meal, get, get almost, a real meal, almost like what you've done the night before. So that's what I usually do. Like whatever I'm eating Friday night, I make sure I have enough to where I can eat that immediately after, you know, if I'm talking like training ride style day. Um, and that's my meal when I get home, I'm not playing around with protein shakes or anything. Typically I just come home, um, as soon as I get home and I'm as quickly as possible eating that meal, you yeah. know? Um, but again, say, it depends on whether you got into a massive hole or not, you know, how well you followed the, the protocol. Yeah. I'll, uh, uh -oh. oh, pain train, pain train. Okay. We can end now. We've been, uh, we've been holding on until the pain train came by. <laughs> I, I, I'll put this last bit in here because we get asked it a lot and I, we both fall on the same wavelength on this. So, um, we get asked like supplements. What, what, what supplements do you take? Mm. And for I think for the both of us, the answer is zero. Mm -hmm. We pretty much count on eating the right foods at the right time in the right amounts. Day to day, week to week. Yeah. Like, you know, staying on top of it throughout a week. Your body's really good at storing what you need. Yeah. You know, you don't need to have everything all at once every single time. Your body's going to store and top off levels as it needs and as you put it into your system. So... Yeah eating healthy, eating well-balanced, eating whole foods. Like if you keep that as your main stuff, and we're not saying you have to be perfect with it, but if you eat pretty healthy most of the time, you know, you're, you're likely going to be in a spot where you need to be. Yeah. Now, if, you know, I had an athlete actually who, you know, some people don't actually uptake or, or hold on to, you know, key nutrients like they should. So if you're someone who's at risk of, um, becoming anemic, um, you know, vitamin D deficient. Like there is some stuff where if for a long period of time you've been doing stuff right, 
and go get go get a blood test done Absolutely. and find out where you're at like it, it can be a very very valuable thing yeah um to get you back where you need to be i've had i've had a ton of people over the years who you know we're we are stressing our bodies way more than the average person mm-hmm. and even if you are eating well clean whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it um and doing the recovery it doesn't things don't always stay in balance yep. and sometimes like if you feel if you just feel super run down for a long period of time there could be some sort of a imbalance there and a blood test will let you know in like two seconds yeah no i for mean sure. iron no. is the big iron is the big one especially for ladies iron is the big mm-hmm. one that we see where it, now it's like if if somebody reports fatigue over several weeks yep. and it's and the and the training is not obviously not really the it's culprit, within what you can handle yeah uh and i'm like go get a blood test yep. like if you can go get a blood test and get, yep. especially get your iron and ferritin and all that stuff tested yep uh and let's see let's see if that's the culprit right now mm-hmm. um cool i think that's pretty much it that's uh yeah it's almost an hour's worth of uh of, uh, so for those on an hour commute, you're, uh, <laughs> for those who had an hour commute, you're good. All right. Well, we appreciate everyone hanging out, listening, watching. We will catch you guys next time. Peace. Adios. Adios.